Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. And today we are doing LPT Cage Match. <laughs> Two games enter, one game leaves. I They'll, they'll probably both leave just fine but hey let's talk about the pros and the cons and which one we think is better because we are talking about two games that we feel are relatively similar uh we played yeah we 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 played both of these games when i was out in boston in march and at the same time i think we were both just sort of like these are the same game uh our friend dave brought them dave or dave or phil and i feel like yeah, it might have been Phil, but like they were both very enthusiastic about both of these games, and we both we played them, and we were like, "These are these are the same game, you guys," and they were like, "No, it's not." <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, they they totally that's, are the same game." Like, the same game. <laughs> there's 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 like some real differences here, and we're like, "Okay, yeah, there's like a couple differences, sure." Uh, so let's talk about that, Jason. Now, sure. To preface, I think that this is a, a, a special episode. We're kind of breaking format here uh, a bit, right? We're talking about two games instead of one. We're talking about this or that a sort of format. So I'm going to say if we go over 30 minutes, I think that we get a pass this week. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, who's going to punish us if we do? Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely kicking that 30 minute, uh, self-imposed time limit to the, to the curb here, but we'll probably still be pretty succinct. I think <laughs> get out of here. 30 minute yeah. time limit. Okay. So fantastic factories is a game that is designed by Joseph Z Chen and Justin Faulkner. The art is by Joseph Z Chen and it is published by Metafactory games. Uh, it has a player count of 1 to 5 players, playing time listed on BoardGameGeek of 45 to 60 minutes, and a weight of 2.16 out of 5. It's a Wonderful World is the other game that we're talking about. It is designed by Frederic Guerard. Guerard? Uh, sure. Guerard. Art by Anthony Wolf, and it is published by La Boite de Jeux. <laughs> uh, it has a player count of 1 to 5 players, playing time of 30 to 60 minutes, Age is 14 plus. I didn't say it was age 14 plus for Fantastic Factories, but it is as well. And It's a Wonderful World has a weight of 2.30 out of 5. Very similar, very similar statistics, both released in 2019. And the thing that makes these games so similar is that they are both essentially the same kind of game, right? They're both Mm -hmm. tableau building, engine building games. And they are largely driven by cards with the exception of Fantastic Factories, also involves some dice. Uh, So it's all about building a tableau of different mechanisms that create resources, and those resources then go towards building more cards that go into your tableau that create more resources, and eventually all those resources eventually go through some sort of pipeline to create victory points. (laughs) Right? Yes. And we could have just described... A billion, I mean, there's not really a billion, but, you know, hundreds probably of Tableau Builder, Engine Builder games out there. At the very least, many dozen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically the same. <laughs> it's basically the same as any other Tableau Builder uh, machine uh, engine building thing that you've probably ever played. Yeah, I mean, what are some of the games that, that fit the fit the bill here? I mean, I, the ones that come to my mind are Terraforming Mars. Uh, is Splendor. Sort of a, Splendor, yeah. Splendor's like a, a more streamlined, simple version of all of this, right? But I mean, yeah. sure, right? Uh, Splendor, uh, Terraforming Mars, um, Race for the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Century, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's tons of them. So uh, a very, very uh, prolific genre of board game, a very popular genre of board game. Um, and I think that for you and me, for some reason, they all just feel kind of samey. 
Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about the little nuances between these two games and which one, if either, we liked more. Sounds so, good. Um, do you want to describe Fantastic Factories to start with? Uh, sure. Um, okay, so Fantastic Factories. Uh, the deal is you're trying to essentially build a... a a factory or it's like multiple you're, you're using different types of factory to like make your own little empire basically factory so, land yeah, yeah so each each card is a different kind of factory and they get a little crazy like some of them are like full-out robots other ones are just like a recycling center you know so <laughs> <laughs> power plant <laughs> yeah, foundry power, yeah, exactly um you know so i mean it, it's it's a little whimsical and that's that's cute um I don't know how you got whimsical out of Foundry, but well, the robot stuff and um... I mean, if you look at the cards, there is whimsy to them. Like I, I just pulled up oh, a yeah, picture. The and like... One of them is like fitness center, and it shows like a person in a hamster wheel hooked up to like a generator. Thing. <laughs> so there's your whimsy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and basically, what happens is that there's kind of like a market. Uh, there's like several cards that are laid out, and um, the first thing that everybody does is they pick a card. You don't have to pay for it. You just pick it from the lineup. Um, that's, if it's a factory. If it's a factory. There is a yeah. second option, which is uh, the line above the f- the factories, there's, like, people. Um, yeah. There's, like, I don't know, there's, like, an engineer or, like, an efficiency expert or, you know, something Architect, like that. electrician. I'm looking at pictures again, so I'm totally sure. cheating. Yes, Surveyor, yeah. miner. <laughs> right, right. So they're, And they're laid out the same way that the factories are. Um, those ones are usually, like, a one-time bonus, um, mm-hmm. whereas the factories, like, go into your tableau. Um, but the kicker is like the bonuses for the, those, those people are usually pretty good. Um, but the kicker is that you usually have to pay for it. Um, paying for things comes in a couple of different ways in this game. The most, the primary way that you pay for things is by discarding cards, um, that have the same resource symbol as what you're trying to buy. Um, you also use the cards in that way to construct other cards that you've chosen from the drafting. Yeah, they always have to match, like, sort of suit, essentially. Yeah, so say you have a factory that, you know, it's a, I don't know, has like a hammer icon. Shovel. A shovel, yeah. You have to discard another card that has a shovel icon in order to build that factory. Yeah, Works in the addition, same way, same way with the, the resources, though, right? With like, the people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're buying the people, they all uh, belong to a column. Each column is associated with one of those four categories, one of the four suits in the game. Um, and if you're actually building the factory, not only do you have to discard the matching card that we mentioned, but you also have they they always have some number of resources that get um, uh, basically made in the game, right? Yeah. Through the factories. Yeah. Yeah. So once you've done all that, then you have some dice that you roll, um, and then based on what the uh, the pips on the dice on the dice are, you get to assign the dice to various things. So some of the factories you've built may have uh, places for the dice to go, um, and uh, one of the ones that I kept using the other day was you know if you have a pair of dice that have the same value, you put it on this factory and you get something. Um, if none of that applies, you can also uh, use them for the, like the standard actions. There's a little card that tells you what the standard actions are, and they're like, you know, if put a, a die with numbers one through three here, and you get to take uh, like an energy cube or something. Mm-hmm. And the next one is like four through six, and you get like a metal cube or something. Yep. Um, and so on. You can get more cards that way, and 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 so on and so on. That's it. Those are the three things. Yeah. Uh, so Card, cards, energy, and metal. <laughs> yeah. And so you keep doing this until there's uh, somebody's reached some number of points. 
<laughs> was it 12, 13? Yeah, like I, I think it was 12 points. Because, like, like, with these, with all of these resources, some of the factories will create points, essentially, right? I mean, they, right, they look yeah. like boxes. I think they're considered goods. Um, and when somebody has gotten two, I believe it's 12 goods. That triggers, like, the last round. Triggers the last round, yeah. So you have one more round after that. Everybody has a chance to catch up and try to, like, surpass the person that triggered the end game. Mm-hmm. Um, or I believe it's if somebody gets to 10 cards, like 10 factories oh, in, in tableau. Oh, in your tableau, yeah. Yeah, right. then, then the game triggers the end game, and then, you you know, everybody sees how many points they've got per the cards that are listed. Every, some of the cards have point values. Everybody counts the number of goods they have because they all count for points. And then you determine who the winner is. Yep. And that's and, the game. Yep. That's <laughs> it. That is that is Fantastic Factory. So it's a wonderful world. What's that game like, Jason? Why are you asking me? I just did the last one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you're the, you're the good describer guy. That's okay. what you do. That's what I do. That's my yeah. job. Okay. So this one we just played like 15 minutes ago uh, for the <laughs> second time. Um, and this one is kind of a lot of the same. I mean, there's, um, kind of, kind of. So instead of having the cards laid out, uh, in a, a, a pool, uh, like on the table, a market, and everybody picks from that, uh, everybody gets dealt like a hand of cards and then you pick one. Uh, that you want to keep and then you pass them and you keep doing that until you reach the required number of cards that you've drafted or whatever yeah um now of the cards that you've drafted some of them you can uh plan to build uh and some of them you can basically trash them for their resource value which you would then use to build the cards that you've chosen to build yeah um so so that's kind of how you're gaming the the hand and the drafting so trying to to uh, pick out cards that you can build and will get you points or resources or whatever else, and a bunch of cards that you just want to throw in the trash that because you need those resources to build the other cards. I think uh, the other thing also <laughs> with this is like in any sort of drafting game, right? It's it's not just about picking the stuff that you want or need. It's also about denying things to your opponents, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, like if there's a card that would be great for you to have, like, there was a card that was worth, like, 15 points if you yeah. have a lot of science, and I was like, well, Jason has a ton of science, uh, and I might be able to use the, the the resource value on this thing. So it's, it's, you know, it might be, like, a huge swing for me to just create one resource out of this and make sure that you don't make the 15-point card out of it, right? So right, yeah. that's part of So that's part of the process of the strategy of... of drafting um at the beginning of each each round as well yep so once you've drafted all your cards and trashed the ones you want to trash uh then you build stuff uh if you can afford it so if you've got all the resources you need to build whatever building you build it and it goes into your tableau um and then once everybody's done that then we do like the production stuff so it goes down the line and it's like okay every uh you know like raw materials uh we now produce raw materials and you go down the line of all the cards you've built and on the bottom of the cards, it says whether or not it produces raw materials. Um, and so you get the required number of, uh, of resource cubes from that round of production, put them where they need to go, and then you move on to the next resource, which is like there's essentially, or something. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we didn't describe it, but there's like, there's a board, quotation fingers, in the center of the table that it has a space for five the five resources in the game, um, and they go in a sequential order. So like you start yeah. with, yeah, like you said, like materials or whatever on like the left-hand side of the board, and then you move on to whatever's next. You know, I think it was like energy or something, and then... There's like gold and or money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly. Science exploration. Science yeah. was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you you go down the you go down the board in order. And so you, you're going to produce. Everybody's going to produce one resource at a time based on how.
how many of those resources are present within their sort of column of constructed cards. Yeah. 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 And you get bonuses for being the one to produce the most that round and right. stuff like yeah. that. Um, so basically you do this uh, for like eight rounds or something. It's four. Four rounds. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. felt like eight. Um, <laughs> you do it for like four rounds. And then at the end of that round, whoever has the most points is the winner. Was that the the longest feeling short game you've ever played? I mean, might have. I mean, it picked up towards the end, which uh-huh. was fine. Yeah, but it's sort of you know similar goals, right? I mean, you're, you're taking a look at uh, among the cards that I have built, and among like you know the the sort of like you know individual goal for for making points that my starter card gives me. Um, you know, what do I want to build in order to maximize that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to try to, like, minimize the cards that don't give me anything and maximize the cards that I create that count towards the things that give me points. Sure. Um, you know, and, and in in the other game, in Fantastic Factories, you're very much taking a look at what just directly creates points within my engine. Like, there's no... There's very few cards, or, or I, I don't remember if there are any cards that kind of, like, multiply points based on other cards that you've got i guess there were like the monoliths and stuff yeah they did have those yeah there's like a monument category yeah yeah monument yeah. counts all the monoliths or monolith counts all the monuments or something like that so i guess that was present there so i guess they both have that the, the thing of like trying to create as many of a type of card as you can in order to multiply the points by you know like whatever um so i guess that does exist yeah <laughs> I thought there was a, like, you know, so, so, I mean, I guess the key difference between these two games is one involves drafting an actual draft draft, right? Where you're, you're picking and denying cards to people yep. and the other involves work uh, like, like a, dice placement and dice manipulation because yeah. some of the abilities will allow you to, you know, like uh, add or minus one or two or whatever to a die that you rolled. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain random element to what you can do with those dice every round. Like I had a card that if I had three of a kind on a roll of four dice, then I got like two two goods in fantastic factories that was really hard to do until i also created a card that allowed me to manipulate the dice a little bit and then i was able to do it almost every round right yeah but it took three or four rounds before i got to the point where i could do that you know before that engine was online essentially mm-hmm. um whereas in it's a wonderful world i don't know for me it just felt like a lot more straightforward of like i build this thing and now i get two of these i build this thing and now i get three of these you know yeah. and, and it felt like a little less um gamey as far as how i was manipulating the engines present in that game mm-hmm. um it just kind of felt very straightforward in a way but i mean they're the, neither one of them is particularly opaque <laughs> no but i feel like in fantastic factories i had to be a little bit more creative with the cards that i had and the dice that i had in order to make something out of that than because i of did the randomness with, of the dice because of the randomness of the dice and because the dice you know yeah i mean because because i had i had a resource engine that depended on the dice, right? Yeah. Um, I think that that was a big part of it. I, I think that when we were playing, I know Brian for sure, and maybe you also had some some resource engines out there, some point engines, some good engines that did not rely on strict dice. Like, you know, you could just turn a certain number of energy or a certain number of energy plus metal or whatever mm-hmm. into points. I had none of that. And so when I was playing that game, I had to get very creative in order to make the thing work, um, which was like, it, it made me feel a little bit more engaged during the creation of that engine during me, like kind of planning that out and getting it, getting it set up. Yeah. But then once I had it going, then it was basically just this rote repetition from turn to turn to turn, you know? Yeah. Just cranking out stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I no longer felt like I was really doing anything quite creative. I was just, you know, like, oh, Craig, these are my results on this dice. I got to use this resource over here in order to turn this dice into a three. Now I can match it to the other two threes. And now I've got my points and I'm done, you know, <laughs> and it was just that every turn. So it got it started out kind of interesting and then got very dull, <laughs> you know, um, whereas it's a wonderful world was more just like min-maxing which things I'm going to deny to you, min-maxing which things I can turn into a resource that I can then put on one of these cards, put it over into this column, and it was essentially also the same exact exercise from turn to turn to turn, but it was very consistent throughout the four rounds that we played it, and I feel like over four rounds it doesn't necessarily overstay its welcome either. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so I was just going to ask, like, which one do you prefer? <laughs> when we played this at your house, I thought that I greatly preferred Fantastic Factories because I felt like the 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 dice placement element kind of put it over the top for me and gave it a little bit more of an identity than It's a Wonderful World had because It's a Wonderful World is only basically card mechanics and, you know, typical resource engine stuff with that added wrinkle of there's a draft in it, right? Yeah. Um and I kind of I don't think I appreciated the draft quite as much as maybe I could have when we were playing with the five people we were playing with that day. Mm -hmm. And so for me at the time, Fantastic Factories felt a little bit more special, I guess, like in terms of like, you know, the overall uh, tableau of tableau builders, right? Yeah. Um, it, it just felt like a little bit more like something that maybe deserved a little bit of attention because it did something that stuck out to me at that day more than It's a Wonderful World did. Now that we've played them again, um, I kind of appreciate the draft, actually. I, hmm. I kind of... I, I forgot that I do enjoy drafting as a mechanic often, and I don't know why I didn't appreciate that as much the first time we played it, but I feel like it kind of caught up for me a little bit. I think also because the second time we played Fantastic Factories last weekend, it kind of sputtered out for me, you know? Like, yeah. like the the beginning was interesting, like I said, but when it when it became this sort of rote, mechanical thing, it just got boring. And so I think that... Fantastic Factories kind of took a step back for me and It's a Wonderful World has kind of taken a step forward, but ultimately I don't feel like either one is a bad game or a bad one of these. Yeah. Uh I I it probably just comes down to which one do you like the aesthetic of better or it, do you have a strong preference on drafting games versus you know, dice manipulation and dice, dice placement games. If, if one of those sounds more interesting to you than the other, or maybe you like, you don't have any dice placement games in your library yet, then, you know, but you like engine builders and you like tableau builders, then maybe fantastic factories is a good get for you. If you're a huge fan of drafting games and you also are looking for some sort of tableau builder, engine builder type game, then it's a wonderful world. seems like a, a, a good, a good choice. Hmm. I think if I were to choose one or the other to play like next week, if you were like, Kyle, pick one of these, um, I wouldn't have a strong preference one or the other, but I don't know. I'd, I'd probably still go with fantastic factories and hope that just, I had a better game. Um, hmm. because I think I do kind of prefer dice placement and dice manipulation to drafting. But like I said, it's close. It's like basically like a hair's breadth of a, difference for me yeah um how about you um i mean i think for me i the uh it's a wonderful world pulls ahead too um i don't know precisely why so like first like neither one of these games are particularly like my favorite kind of game like it's mm -hmm. fine um kind of like you like if somebody said hey let's play this i'd be like all right you know whatever but i wouldn't be like 
jumping at you know jumping at the bit to try and, and play these games um they are both fine games um i like the fact that they play in like under an hour um i like the fact that they're relatively straightforward to explain and to you know get the ball rolling um you know not terribly complicated that's great yeah. i actually i like the art style uh, probably more for me the fantastic factories than it's a wonderful world okay I think let's both... stop stop right now okay i'm sorry to interrupt you let's talk about this okay because the art style is potentially one of the most divisive things about these two games right <laughs> yeah probably i mean they're very similar and that's one of the major differences so sure it's a huge difference because it's a wonderful world has this like highly detailed very intricately drawn and colored yeah. illustrated uh cards and and board cover or a uh, box cover and everything whereas fantastic factories basically looks like i mean it, it looks like somebody took a bunch of like just i don't know like like vector art or something and put together some stuff over the weekend yeah. But there's something very charming about it. Yeah, I mean, I I really like it. I find it appealing. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, South Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good comparison point, yeah. Um, like, I'm looking at Trash Compactor, and the, the Trash Compactor has this big ball that's totally one of those Bow Wow, like, ball things from Mario that's on the chain that bites you, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, like, there's just, there's a very charming sort of, like, I don't know, like, element to the Fantastic Factories art, even though it's very simple... In, in nature and everything, especially compared to It's a Wonderful World, which is, like, very, very well-detailed art, but I yeah. feel like I've seen well-detailed art enough that seeing something different is kind of tingling my brain a little bit more, you Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, Maybe, I, think I think that's all that, yeah. The There's other, nothing wrong with no, It's a Wonderful No, not at all. I mean, yeah. The art is fine. It's very good. Um, it's great, actually. I think the other part of that is, like, sort of the perennial problem with, like, thematics is, like, <laughs> you know, Fantastic Factories is like, yeah, here's a bunch of factories. Each one is a factory or mm -hmm. something akin to that. And it's mm -hmm. fine. Like, yeah, I'm building a bunch of factories. I get that. It's a Wonderful World has all this, like, uh, again, very detailed, but also sort of like high concept, sometimes pretty you know, like art. Um, so it's easy to forget what it is when you're playing it's right so world. like i in the tableau that i just built i had like the lost city of so and so i had the bermuda triangle but i also had like a bank <laughs> you're also also when you construct those cards you're covering them up with all the other cards and yeah. all that you can see is a very slim strip like a half inch strip down at the bottom of the card that just shows Icons. the resources and the point value of those cards. So the actual identity of those cards and the artwork is completely obfuscated for the remainder of the game. So what your your world or your society that you're building is composed of during the game is completely lost if you forget what you have built at that point. Whereas in Fantastic Factories, you're building a tableau in front of you that is not just like one column of cards, but an actual tableau where all the cards are fully visible in front of you. And so you are looking at what each of these things is, maybe thinking a little bit more thematically about what it's doing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Fantastic Factories edges out It's a Wonderful World thematically because of those reasons yeah for sure um the, i mean the the theme for it's a wonderful world just might as well not even be there it, yeah it, it might has as well no just be, bearing yeah, on the gameplay they could have <laughs> called it resource resources the game and that's i mean it, it yeah i mean it, it has as little of a theme that 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 comes through as splendor does right oh yeah for sure yeah yeah um, so, so I forgot what I was saying before I was Sorry, so rudely I know, interrupted. I know, I know, I know I'm a terrible, <laughs> terrible host partner. It's yeah. I think I was just saying that I, I actually prefer yeah. it's a wonderful world to 
Um, I mean, despite what we were just talking about. Um, yeah, you you were on the point of the artwork, and you were saying that you preferred the Fantastic Factory's artwork. I do, um, yeah. But you did say overall you preferred It's a Wonderful World. Yeah, yeah. I and I I don't I'm not sure I can articulate particularly why I liked it better. I just I felt like I had more fun playing it this time than I did playing Fantastic Factories. Is it because you won It's a Wonderful World? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, but also I, I like I felt like I was doing well the whole time, whereas mm-hmm. like I guess it's more conceptually it's 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 harder for me to math out how things are working with um with Fantastic Factories. Um I have that problem with a, a another game too that we play a lot and I'm like I don't I don't know how a lot of these things fit together and it's, you... it gives me a headache trying to figure it out. It, your game of It's a Wonderful World, the one we just played, you had an engine that was just producing a cornucopia of resources every round, and so you probably had that ex- like that that experience that we've talked about with other Euros and stuff, when you just have like a huge sort of like you know like resource engine going, and you don't even know what to do with all the stuff that you've got, and it's kind of fun to figure out where to put it all, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas I think in Fantastic Factories, that game tends to run a little bit leaner. Um, oftentimes, uh, you know, you don't just have yeah, this like pile it, of things coming in. It's usually more. It's Oh, this is, it reminds me of Furnace, actually. Okay. Um, Because Furnace is actually quite similar in terms of, like, the tableau building stuff, because, again, you build a bunch of factories. Um, But the way that those factories interact (laughs) with each other. Factories are so hot this year. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Factories are so hot right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that the factories interact with each other um, is, like, a huge component of the game and trying to keep track of how they interact with each other and uh, and uh, min maxing how they interact with each other is way more of a mental lift for me than it is playing it's a wonderful world where yeah you know it's like okay i need to build this i need this many resources i know i produce this many a turn how do i you know yeah how do i make that okay so when you were just describing how you have to like you know exchange all of these different resources that come out of certain factories to become resources that the factories use the next time in order to create other resources or points or whatever in furnace i was the whole time you were describing that i'm like yeah that's what fantastic factories does to an extent right that's right. that and i was like i love that i love that about furnace i love that about fantastic factories so i, th- I think i do prefer fantastic factories now that, now that we've talked about that I, I think well, that I, mean, I, prefer... I like i like furnace a lot yeah furnace is great i i mean furnace is better than these two for me i I think i enjoyed furnace more than i enjoyed both of these games i think the bidding in furnace is really really fun oh yeah that is fun and then the the way that the you know the the engine building the way that all the different factories you know uh interact in in furnace i think was a little kind of like building like a big rube goldberg machine yeah yeah (laughs) I, i think it does a better job of that than fantastic factories and it does the job versus it's a wonderful world which just doesn't do that job it just like gives you like you know these are the resources you get okay next round use these yeah. resources or you know like immediately put these resources where you they have slots you have slots for them you know like yeah. you, for, <laughs> for the stuff that you're constructing and everything mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean it's a wonderful world just feels far more straightforward and simple in a way whereas fantastic factories is trying to do that you know like a light version of that rube goldberg-esque factory building you know like mm-hmm. interaction mm-hmm. that furnace i think succeeds at better yeah yeah I, I think that's a good way of uh good way of describing it yeah um but it's probably also not as high of a mental lift as furnace is for how you're going to you know min max all of that stuff so yeah yeah for uh, yeah for some so furnace is like i don't have we actually done an episode on furnace <laughs> um I don't remember if we did a single episode. We, we definitely talked, talked about, about it, it on one of our Gen Con podcasts. Right, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that was... 
I mean, and I've both... played it a few times since then, and I, I just really enjoy it every time I play. <laughs> it's a good game. Um, it is a good game, and it does like require. It requires a lot of that, like trying to keep in mind, like how things are going to interact with each other, and so on and so forth. Um, like you would find in Fantastic Factories, and it's a little bit more complicated in in Furnace than it is in Fantastic Factories too, because there's like upgrading and and whatever else, but. Um, it's furnace is more fun for me than fantastic factories i think because like inevitably there's going to be something that you miss in in how these cards interact um that's just how you know they're they're never going to interact perfectly because uh you have to choose in which order you resolve them and sometimes that's going to leave out some interaction that would have been beneficial but this other one is beneficial and i think that sort of Knowing that, you know, knowing that I'm never going to get everything out of these things because that's just not the way the game works makes it easier for me to swallow than Fantastic Factories does, which is like, this seems like so simple. I should be able to like just make all these things work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think that Fantastic Factories would probably be a little bit better of like a, a gateway game. For, oh, for, for sure. Somebody for, or especially for like this genre. I mean, not that um, Furnace not... is that complicated, but. No, but I mean, Furnace isn't. 100 percent balanced either because everybody gets you know like a oh, starter yeah, power like, in, industrial guy or whatever yeah. that yeah and the powers like we found in the game that you and i played that like my power just let me run away with the game yep. right i mean like it, it felt really unbalanced and i don't know if like it just takes more experience and nuance to you know make the other the other powers or whatever power you had seem competitive with that power that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's just because it was both our first game, you know, yeah. but even then, like if you've got somebody that's new and coming in and playing a game for the first time, that means that they're not going to get it if it's not that obvious. Right. right yeah. And so fantastic factories, there's no real difference between everybody's tableau at the beginning of the game. So it's a much more even thing. Um, so fantastic factories would probably be better between furnace and fantastic factories for a newcomer. It's a wonderful world. I think, could be taught to just about anybody it's it's probably less complicated than terraforming mars but does a very similar thing mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um so you know depending on what you're looking for any one of these games could be could be the game for you um we did say two games are entering and i feel like furnace is leaving the building <laughs> or the ring i don't know you so, seem to be changing your mind <laughs> well i think i think furnace is a, is a better game for somebody that is you know um experienced with with engine building and and tableau building and isn't afraid of a you know a more complicated version of that right mm -hmm. i think that furnace is probably the the superior game for me between these three um but we didn't set out to compare furnace to these two games yeah. we set out to compare these two games to each other um and i think i'm going to stick with fantastic factories oh yeah see that's i i think i'm probably going to stick with uh, it's a wonderful world so I guess neither game leaves the ring. Uh, they <laughs> knocked each other out. It's a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. It's a it's an LPT tie uh, for our first inaugural uh, LPT cage, cage match. match. Yes, the cage match. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, yeah, it's a draw. Yep. But <laughs> sorry, yeah. people. I know that doesn't yeah. help. <laughs> what a letdown. But you know what? What won't let you down is pretty much either of these games. If you want to play them and you you're into an engine builder, you're into a, a tableau builder. If you're looking for something like that, these are worth a look. They're they're not terribly expensive. I think they both have some charming and fun elements to enjoy. Neither one of them is very time consuming, or neither one of them is very much of a mental burden really to play. No. So. I think that they're both good games. Um, they're just not the kind of games that get you or I terribly excited to come back to time and time again. But we are not those guys. We are not the, you know, like the the, the major lovers of 
engine building games, tableau building games. Uh, I think we enjoy them just fine when we play them, but they're not the sort of thing that like when we see it on Kickstarter, we have a hard time not pulling the trigger, you know? Right. They're resistible for us. Yes, so. they are. I mean, they're yeah. fine games. I will play them exactly. if anybody just, wants to play yeah. them. Absolutely. But yeah. They're, yeah. they're just not uh, within our wheelhouse of like, you know, like our favorite, our favorite right. genre. Yeah, they, they don't get my panties it's in a the taste toys. Thing. Just a taste thing, right? All right. Well, thanks for listening to that, everybody. I hope uh, you enjoyed the cage match. That's maybe a format we'll come back to someday uh, when we feel compelled to do so. Uh, if people would like to get a hold of us and suggest some of the cage match board game fights that they'd like to hear about, how would they do so, Jason? <laughs> All right. Well, I would try and think of something off the cuff, but... <laughs> descent versus uh i don't know sword and sorcery right clone. that's that's one of the ones um, for me yeah descent and sword and sorcery yeah, are sure, very yeah. similar games uh or kemet versus kemet blood and sand oh yeah there you go right um, <laughs> which one is better <laughs> yeah so to weigh in on those or any other uh board game throwdown uh you can email us it's podcast at limitedplaytime.com you can go to the website, limitedplaytime.com. You can tweet us at limitedplaytime or go to Instagram at limitedplaytimepodcast. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are going to be at Gen Con in just a little over two weeks, so I don't think we're going to be recording anything between now and then, other than the fact that once we get there, we will try to do a recording every night or at least the day after uh, the previous day. So, like, you know, we'll record on day one, on day two, and everything, and we'll get we'll get three or four episodes out that week to talk about all the stuff that we've played and done and seen at Gen Con because that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about, and we have a lot of enthusiasm for it. So, I think those make pretty interesting episodes as long as the audio quality doesn't suffer, because <laughs> um, oftentimes we do recordings in the room, uh, <laughs> and that can cause some pretty variable audio issues. Yeah. Um, if we had a but closet, other than that, maybe we can sit in there. Sure, right. Uh, but look forward to that in uh, probably about two and a half weeks, and we'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye. <sighs> okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Not that we've talked about how we're going to format this at all, but I'm sure it'll turn out fine. Let's just go with the flow. Yeah, that's how we do. Seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. Skin of our teeth. That. Yep. I'm sensitive about my teeth at the moment. Looking but... a prayer. Why? Okay. <laughs> I had to go to the dentist four times over like six weeks. Oh, God. Why? Oh, my God. Okay, so... You know how when we were kids, they hadn't come out with like composite fillings yet? Mm-hmm. It was all just metal. Yes. Uh, so I have a filling in like one of my 12 year old molars from then. Right. Oh. And they told me uh, like in November that I was going to have to get it replaced eventually. May comes around for my next like cleaning or whatever. Yep. And they're like, now's the time it's falling apart. You've got a crack in that tooth. And I was like, okay, let's get it done. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later they come, the, I come in, they drill out the old filling. They replace it with the, uh, you know, like the, the resin composite, whatever filling, yep. you know, yep. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you might be sensitive for a couple days. And I'm like, all right. And I go home and boy, does it hurt to chew over there.
And I'm just like, well, he said it'd be sensitive for a couple days. So I give it a week and I'm like, this is not right. And so like I call the dentist and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta come back. Something's not right. And they're like, oh, you probably just need a bite adjustment. You're probably just biting down and it hasn't, there's too much material there and we'll, we'll drill it away and it'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, if you say so, I come in and they're like, oh yeah, I don't know how we missed this. And like they drill away some material and they're like, does this feel better? And I'm like, maybe. And they're like, okay, you might be sensitive for a couple days. And I'm like, all right. And I go home and boy, does it hurt to chew over there. <laughs> So I give so it a week. A week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then I call back and I'm like, no, that is, it's not a bite adjustment. There is something else going wrong here. Uh, turns out uh, on the fourth visit to the dentist, you know, mm-hmm. including the, the, the cleaning one that, that initiated all of this, uh, they had to go through like several procedures to test why and where the pain was right mm-hmm. so like eventually he got out a thing called a bite stick and he was like pointing it like down in like very specific locations around my teeth and he's like bite down on this and i'd bite down real hard and he'd be like does that hurt and i'd be like no does that hurt no and then eventually he touched this one spot and i was like yes yes right there <laughs> and he's like okay i see what's going on um it's very thin there and he's like when it was metal the metal is a lot harder than the resin and so it was fine, but now there's not enough material in between your nerve. Oh my god! And the you know like the food that you're chewing, yeah. to to protect that nerve. And so I was basically just like biting, like shoving pretzel or whatever, like straight onto the nerve for like oh. for like a month. Oh my god! Um, and uh, and so he said I can fix it. He's like, unless you just want to try to get used to it. And I'm like, no, I. No. <laughs> it's been a month. Like there's no getting used to this. Like this if I was going to get used to this, it would have happened by now. So you're going to do this right now. And he's like, okay, okay. And so he drilled it back out and they like built it back up. And like the, 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 the assistant like was like, Hey, we've got some stuff that helps with sensitivity. Why don't we stick that in there first and everything. And so they did a good job and now I can chew over there, <laughs> but I'm still like, like anytime I feel any sort of like sensation in that area, I'm like, ah, you know, like even mm-hmm. if it's not real pain, you yeah, know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. God, this sucks. So I'm sensitive. Yeah. I imagine so. Mm-hmm. All right. Limited playtime. Yeah. <laughs> yes.